This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper rashes, we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c Welcome to this episode. I am so excited to welcome back Dr. Siggy. She was on episode 77 with me where we talked about biting, hitting, and throwing. She is a developmental therapist who works with children and families on Instagram as Dr.Siggy. And she's here today to talk about how we can validate our kids, but also make them listen to what we want them to do. Thank you so much for coming back on the podcast, Dr. Siggy. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So you do amazing work, obviously, with um, children and families. Why is this topic important to you? Oh, I am so passionate about children and their well-being. We often talk about, I want my children to be happy. Everybody wants their kids to be happy. I want them to be functional. I want them to be responsive. I want them to be communicative. So I take it a little further than just happy. I see this truly as my calling to help children feel all that they're feeling, but also function well within a family and to help parents understand their children so they can guide and um, navigate them as best as possible. Well, you do a great job of this because on your social media platform, Dr. Siggy, you present information in such a lovable way. I mean, ways that obviously promote the love for children, child development, and you also empower parents. So as a pediatrician and mom, I very much appreciate that you have gone onto social media to share your expertise because it's so needed in this time, um, you know, with all this information, all these different, you know, ways that we can parent our child. I love the voice that you have. And it's so right on um, in terms of how I feel about child development, too. Thank you so much. So yes. this, this topic is so important to me, too. Um, you know, this balance of validating our kids, but also making them listen to what we have to say. So that fine line, that balance. So how can we do this? You know, we obviously want to teach our children that they're powerful, that they, um, you know, have a choice opinion, but also how they can respect the boundaries that are put upon them. So how can we do this as parents? Absolutely. So I think that parents and children both often confuse emotions and actions. So a child presents an emotion. I want or I don't want, right? Right away. For whatever it is. And now a parent goes into explaining to them why they cannot want or why they should actually do what they're supposed to do, even if they don't want to. So we're back to rationalizing. 
but we just missed out on that emotion. It's like I didn't actually say anything about the emotion. I think that often parents once again think that if they will rationalize, if they will give the child a good reason why they can't or why they should or shouldn't, the child is going to go, oh, okay, which often doesn't actually happen. So what needs to happen is once again, you recognize, you validate the emotions, and then you set boundaries. You can explain. I'm not telling parents don't explain. This is not, oh, because I said so. But you know what? Sometimes it is. Yeah, because I say so, and I am being kind and respectful because what I did is I understand you really, really don't want to, but yeah, This is what we need to do right now. And notice that my intonation changes a couple of times here. I don't just say, I understand you don't want to, but this is why, and here is what, and I told you, I'm not just going into this mode of lecturing that sounds all the same. I am responsive, first and foremost, with empathy and compassion. I know you want to or don't want to. Yeah, but this is what we need to. Now I'm presenting what actually the reality is. And then I say, and I can see it's very hard. I know that you sometimes have a hard time doing this. But yeah, this is what we need to do and right now. So I can even be firm, but I'm not unkind, I'm not disrespectful, mm-hmm. and I'm not losing it, right? I'm not going into this mode of, but I tell you, and why, and, you know, I'm not now trying to argue and fight my child. I am staying the mentor and the guide and the authority, still with kindness and respect. And I think there is a misconception that if we are firm with our boundaries, and you just said it perfectly, you said it very matter of fact, but still understanding that it's a normal thing to feel these ways, right? I think there's a misconception that when we set boundaries that we're being too firm, the child is not going to listen or that they'll think we're mean or, you know, whatever. But me and you have talked so much about child development and behavior. Children need us to be that boundary, that loving boundary is what I kind of call it, meaning it's coming from a place of love, obviously, but we are being really consistent. And, you know, matter of fact, like this is what we need to do. And this is what's happening. Um, And your children may dissent, you know, they may get upset, but that being upset is not always a bad thing when we're being firm with these loving boundaries. Absolutely. And I think because we have allowed, which is a great thing, we have allowed our children to be extremely verbal and expressive. We want to hear their opinions. Mm -hmm. And so they do tell us their opinions. You're mean. And yes, they do think that and even say that. But then a parent like, oh, wait a minute, I don't mean to be mean by saying no. No, you don't mean to be. Of course, you're not even mean. Saying no is not actually a mean thing. Saying no is care, safety, advocacy, love. Yes, saying no often is the exact right thing for you to be a good parent. So you want to tell your child, no, sweetie, I am so not mean, but I understand you don't like when I say no. Mm -hmm. And you also think that my intonation sounds mean because I'm being what? Firm, serious. I am. I am being serious right now. So being serious and firm is not mean, but children will definitely use that to sort of like, poke a hole in that authority that a parent tries to present. And I tell parents, 
it's okay for you to stand behind what you say because remember, you do know better than your child. You really are there for the safety and the care and the love, even when and if they don't understand it, it's okay. As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ertube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood explains. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess meals. Chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno, lime cheddar chicken, and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with Factor Meals because they're ready in two minutes, no shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious Factor Meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 and use code peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code peedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought provoking experts and friends at Mindful Mama. We know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. And, you know, we're talking about validation, you know, making our kids understand that their emotions are valid, their choices are valid, but also creating the boundaries. Do you see a common mistake we make when we do praising? Like, I know we're talking about validation, but also praising goes hand in hand, um, that maybe we make a mistake with how we praise or what we're praising that can make them not be good listeners or maybe end up being like a detriment to their self-esteem? Anything you see with praising? We probably take praising to a whole other level of everything is amazing and wonderful and great and wow. And I think that it's okay to recognize when a child does something right, but don't take it constantly out of context as if really that is the outmost that they can do because you're right. Then they begin to think that the smallest thing they do is really the end of it all. It's kind of like, oh, look at me. I don't really have to put any effort or determination into something. So I think that praising can be um, 
toned down a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's like you can definitely say, oh, wow, look at that. I love what you just did. Be very clear and precise in the moment, not like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Wow, look at you. This is great. You are the best. Um, sometimes we have to, um, you know, be careful with that. It's not yeah. necessary. And the other thing is ask your child what they think about what they just did because what we want to build is internal validation so they're not constantly depending on external validation, right? It's eventually that voice that your child walks away with from you and they can use it internally rather than always look around and ask, wait, Who's going to tell me or wow me or, um, you know, that I'm great? Oh, I can tell myself this is okay. Or however it is that I want to say, you know, I did good or I can do better or I'm trying really hard or yes, I think that I need to practice and so on. So use that. It's like, look at you. You're trying really hard. I can see that. Yeah, you continue to practice. Good job. Yes, keep on practicing and so on. So sometimes it's even just the coaching in the moment that we do rather than tell them you did good, done deal. This is it. And do you think, you know, talking about internal validation and external validation, do you think internal validation makes them want to listen to you more? And how so? Like, you know, in terms of understanding child development, how would a child who feels internally validated want to listen to their caretaker more? Because I think that builds a connection. Mm -hmm. When you understand me, when you get me, it's the greatest feeling, sometimes better than even just love, right? It's like, wow, you really do get Mm -hmm. me. When you get me, this is the ultimate connection, between people that's when I want to be with you or do or collaborate and cooperate it's not that I'm just complying with you all the time and follow you verbatim it's that I actually want to because I trust you because you get me it's a full dynamic between you and your child and that is why this episode was so important because I think people think that you know in order for our children to listen we have to be this authoritarian, you do what I say, da, 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 I'm the boss, da, 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 da. But there is like, we talked about that way of creating those loving boundaries where I'm the rule maker, but I want you to feel like this is why we have these rules, but also that you have a purpose and that you're validated internally of why these choices may be right. You know, why this is important for our family or whatever it may be. And that question was, I think the take home of this all. Um, Is there anything else you want to add, you know, mistakes that you think parents make or anything in regards to this how we can allow our children to listen. I think that's the biggest thing that parents lament about. You know, my child doesn't listen to me. They don't listen. What would you say when a parent says that to you? They're not listening. (laughs) It's true. So I think that there is a very quick frustration and disappointment that happens when a parent says, my child doesn't listen to me because they've asked them to do something and they didn't do it right then and there. And then they go into the, if you don't do it, or the yelling, or again, the rhetorical, why don't you ever listen and why do you always and so on. So much um, energy is wasted as opposed to just, um, yes, knowing that you're going to ask your child, you're going to um, then step towards them. Because you see, if I ask a child, "Uh uh-uh, don't do that, I know that they're not like little soldier going to, okay, 
sometimes, but often not, right? So I'm saying to myself, I'm going to tell the child, yeah, please don't do that. Or, "Uh uh-uh, we can't do this right now. Or no, don't go there. Or we have to turn it off and so on. And I know that they're not going to do it right then and there. So my second time will already be close proximity. I now get up. There's no remote control parenting. Mm -hmm. But when I talk about parents' disappointment, it's like I ask them and instantly I'm disappointed that it doesn't happen. So I say, parents, I know, I'm sorry, but you have to work a little harder because you already are working very hard, but you wasted so much energy on the wrong kind of hard work. I say work hard, but get the right results. So please get up. Stand next to your child and say, I can see, very hard for you right now, but come on. Yeah, this is what we're doing or this is what we're not doing. So you're right there. Your authority is not about um, the rules, you know, well, this is the rule and, you know, you're not following. Your authority is about teaching and training them to understand the bigger picture that they don't understand right now. So for that, you have to enforce it constantly. Oh, Dr. Siggy, I love you. You know, I obviously had you back on the podcast after episode 77. You have to make sure you listen for anyone who has not listened to that because we talk about biting, hitting, and throwing, but we talk about tips for managing those moments and other parenting tips. What would be a final message for everyone listening? Um, And we'll discuss, you know, where people can find you because I think you're just such an amazing resource. Thank you so much, really, for that. I so appreciate it. Um, I think that most of the time what... I want parents to take from it and to understand is listen to yourself and pay attention to how it is that you're feeling. Because most of the time, your responses to your child stem from your own emotions and your emotions are one, not fully validated to you. You're not Mm -hmm. validating how really your child is making you feel. You're feeling it, you know, you're frustrated, you're disappointed, you're angry, you're tired. Obviously you're feeling it, but you're not saying, oh wow, I am so frustrated right now. So validate it the same way you want to validate it to your children. And then set your emotions somewhat aside because you want to know your emotions are also instinctual, primal, sort of not fully using another part of your brain, which is sensibility and logic. And they're not going to give you the good parenting tool that you need right then and there. So grow yourself, listen to yourself, train yourself to validate your own emotions, to understand where your child is triggering you. And boy, they trigger us all day long. Mm -hmm. And then know that you can't just be a sort of like a jumping bunny that, you know, a button was pushed in you. You have to be rational. You have to be sensible and you have to be regulated in order to help your child. I couldn't agree more. You are like, (laughs) seriously, I love this. I could talk about this all the time because I just think it's such a cycle of parenting, right? We tend to focus on the child. We don't focus on our own emotions nearly as much. You know, the things that cause a rise out of us, the things that trigger us and a little version of yourself or a little person that you're now taking care of is going to trigger those, you know, those insecurities that we've had when you were raised, you know, how are you um, talked to about your emotions? Like, how do you handle stress? How do you handle someone who's crying? It's so important to remember that cyclical behavior of how we parent our kids. Dr. Siggy is on Instagram as 
doctor.siggie. I'm adding that to my show notes. I'm also adding her website where you can get information on the courses she has. Tell me more about your courses and what people can find out of these courses. So the course uh, introduces my method of parenting and gives you a lot of uh, great tips and tools of how to manage um, the children at any age. But then the actual course is right now for toddlers and it discusses the many different aspects of toddlerhood, anywhere from the misbehaviors in a way, quote unquote, of hitting, biting, pushing, to socialization, to sleep issues, to food issues and so and so forth and um, I'm building on that and we'll come out with a course for the next stage awesome thank you again for joining me today it was such a pleasure speaking to you again thank you thank you so much thank you for tuning in for this week's episode as always please leave a review share this episode with a friend share it on your social media make sure to follow me at Pete's Doc Talk on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel Pete's Doc Talk TV we'll talk to you soon You made it halfway through an episode, so you must be loving the show. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel where I share answers to all of the common topics submitted to me regarding child health, development, and debunking all that misinformation you hear online. My goal is for PDT to be a one-stop shop for your searching needs. Bye-bye late-night Googling. So make sure to go to YouTube and search Peds Doc Talk TV. Hit that subscribe button and binge watch all the amazing episodes and episodes to come. Have suggestions for future videos? Make sure to chat in the community section on my YouTube channel.